Public CEO Report is a podcast that provides insights about the public sector and public policy for the benefit of decision makers and leaders powering our communities. I'm your host, writer Todd Smith, and today we're joined by Tanya Spiegel, President of the Municipal Management Association of Southern California and Economic Development Coordinator with the City of Ontario. Welcome, Tanya, to the Public CEO Report. Thank you very much, Ryder. Thanks for joining us today. So real real quick, tell me a little bit about how you got into local government. Um, my career in local government actually began just after college. Uh, it was, and it has been an interesting ride. I, um, I was hired during the dissolvement of the redevelopment era days and uh, a position within economic development actually arose in a city that of course I applied and I was fortunate enough to get an interview and go through the process and was offered an acceptance letter. And, um, you know, from that point, it, the, it's just been wonderful. It really has been wonderful. Although I have, was not originally supposed to be going into local government. So it's, uh, very different, but it has been a very rewarding experience. Well, you're still in local government, so something must have caught your eye when you got into it. What was it that, well, first of all, what you just left that hanging out there. What were you supposed to be doing? Are you supposed to be fishing in Alaska right now? Oh, right. Uh, no, not quite yet. I, I will be this summer. Um, no, but I, um, I wasn't going into local government. I was actually avoiding local government. I was raised uh, being in local government and being out in the public and being heavily involved. And that was something that I knew growing up. I was like, mm, this is not going to be for me. I don't want to do this. I was actually going to college to become a psychologist. Okay. And uh, once, after about six months of that, once I had to self-diagnose myself, I knew immediately this was not going to be pretty. So I uh, changed courses and I uh, went into international business and marketing management. And so that kind of led me down that path to work with, uh, with, local governments, um, specifically, and when I say local governments, it was as a uh, partner, as I was working for Chambers of Commerce. And so it took me down that path to be working within economic development. And so when I was working in Brea, actually, at the time for the Chamber of Commerce there, it had uh the position was a unique one to be able to collaborate with the city, uh, specifically within redevelopment and economic development. And it just flourished from that point. Uh, although I kept fighting it and saying, no, 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 it sucked me in. And, you know, I haven't looked back yet. And I haven't ever thought about leaving local government. I think that is a very rewarding experience. There are many uh, positive outcomes that come from it, specifically within economic development of being able to assist businesses, getting them through the doors, helping them build that business, recruit employees, seeing them grow as a business that can be able to benefit the community, but also provide that employment opportunity for either local residents or those within the region itself. So tell me a little bit about your current role then. So you, you got sucked into local government. Where are you today and, and how are you helping that agency succeed? Uh, I am in the, I work for the city of Ontario. I am in economic development. I am actually um, currently in the process of transitioning into the communications department, but I will be still assisting uh, with 
within economic development and various roles. Uh, but basically what my job is to do is to work with our businesses and those that are, doesn't matter if it's a 2,000 square foot mom and pop frame shop that they're trying to get of a storefront, or if it's a, you know, a 1 million square foot QVC that is looking for a, a West Coast uh, distribution center. We that is my job, and I'm so honored to be able to work with these businesses and be able to guide them through this process, work with my colleagues and other departments as they go through the permitting process, as they have to do any tenant improvements, whatever it may be, and be able to connect them with whether it's the Chamber of Commerce, it's the Small Business Development Center. There are so many resources out there, and to just be that connector for them, that is my job, and that is what I love to do with them. That's great. Ontario seems like a city that's really on the rise. I mean, um, you know, getting the airport back under their control, uh, or at least proximate control. I understand there's an airport authority that has the representative, certainly, but the Ontario is a big part of that. Um, uh, seems, you know, some big name development that goes mm -hmm. on there, obviously a, a big convention center and a really nice, cool arena that's there as well. I mean, there's some there's some really cool stuff going on in Ontario. And I reflect on that from like the early 90s when I was a college student out that way in Claremont. And, you know, we kind of knew about Ontario it was growing fast, but that was about the extent of it. So it's really built out quite nicely. Very impressive. Um, and, uh, you know, the momentum there has been even stronger, I think, since Scott Ochoa arrived from, uh, he, I think he left the city of Glendale and came over to become the city manager there in Ontario. He's really done a bang up job. He's a really effective leader from everybody I've ever had the pleasure of talking to about him. Yes, and and it's it's very true. You know, we've got a lot of great amenities here, and ju not just only for our residents and for our businesses, but as well as for everyone in the surrounding communities and within the region itself. We are constantly seeing, pre-pandemic, of course, uh, you know, the the venue, the concert venue at the Toyota Arena, having all of the concerts and family events and sporting events, and the convention center having all the groups come through Ontario Mills you know, as well as the airport. It's, we are very blessed. Ontario International Airport continues to, you know, they're booming and it is just constant growth going on. And we're looking forward to so many great opportunities that are going to continue to come through. And yes, as you said, with Scott Ochoa coming here and taking the realm and leading us through this all, it's it's been a challenge for many government agencies and throughout this last, you know, 15, 16 months mm -hmm. of this pandemic. And it's been he has never once been, you know, questionable or anything. It has been, this is our leader. You know, he has taken us through it all and we're coming out of this. You know, we're, we're very strong. We're, we've got the leadership, we've got the team and everyone's, you know, we're sailing this boat together. So yeah. no one but, is the leader or sticking out. It's you're all the same team. That's good. What is the, um, it's good for culture really. What yes. is the, what's the pitch for coming to Ontario, right? I, I cold call you as a business. Hey, I'm thinking about <laughs> Southern California. Why Ontario? Uh, well, you know, in all honesty, it's all about the location. Um, our public service is, uh, public safety is top of notch. Um, we've, we're a full service city. We have everything here within house itself, minus the utilities, of course, but um, everything is here and from our staff to our residents to the business community, everything is here. Everything that you would need to succeed as a business, we have it all. That's awesome. All right, so uh, we've kind of downplayed the the other big <laughs> part of your life, which is the Municipal Management Association of Southern California, which uh, you have the honor of representing as president currently. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. All right. Let's talk about MMASC. Uh, what the heck is MMASC? 
<laughs> uh, MMASC is the Municipal Management Association of Southern California. Uh, we're one of the largest um, associations of its kind, uh, basically not just here in the state of California, but as well as throughout the nation. We are one of the only ones that is recognized by the International City County Management Association, ICMA, as well as the League of California Cities. Uh, we were founded in 1953 uh, for local government uh, professionals for the needs for them and their employees to be able to have a um, a connection to address those needs, to have the resources, to get the trainings. And our membership today, um, we're just booming. We're over 800 members and we offer things, uh, opportunities for individuals, no matter what level you are in your career. Our membership consists of city managers, assistant city managers or deputy city managers, county executives, county employees of all levels, city employees of all levels, uh, private sector uh, individuals that work for um, companies that provide services to local government municipalities. So we have it all. We are for an organization that is for everyone, no matter what level of your career you are in. But probably somewhat germane to the local government would, would be my guess. Yes, yes. Um, so how has MMASC impacted your career? Uh, MMASC, it, you know, getting involved with MMASC has one of been, has been one of the uh, most beneficial things of my journey, um, in, uh, for my career period. It really has, um, it both personally and professionally, it has provided me the tools to be a better person, to grow, to build my skill sets, and most importantly, to become a, a, a better leader, to be able to have the opportunities to network with individuals, to have the training opportunities. It's just been one of the most amazing things that I've ever done. So I would I would observe, I've seen a lot of MMASC presidents. I should note, Trepepe Smith, uh, the firm I co-lead, is uh, actively involved with MMASC. It's been one of the best early on associations we got involved with and has been you know, I would I would give a lot of credit to MMAC and its help in growing our firm from a firm of just two employees, myself and my wife, to the 26 plus that we have these days. So uh, hand in hand with MMAC, it's been a big part of our success. And I would observe that over that time, I've, I've just seen so many, uh, I will say younger people, people earlier <laughs> in their careers, go through MMASC, ascend through the ranks of leadership, practice those leadership skills, one of the more difficult environments to, by the way, to lead in when you don't have position authority. I mean, you know, it's a volunteer board, right? So you have to kind of herd cats who are not economically incentivized, but are committed to a fair mission and committed to other leaders personally because they <laughs> want to see you succeed and and vice versa. So you earn that leadership. Um, it's just been really exciting to watch those people mature through that process at MMAC. And then now having been around for 10 years, watching many of them go on to become assistant city managers and city managers all over California and beyond. It's pretty, pretty awesome stuff. It is. It really is. And, you know, we, as someone who has been involved with MMASC for quite a number of years, it's it's been amazing to watch our, you know, the different individuals that have taken on different uh, leadership roles and be able to reflect back and know how many past presidents there are that are still involved, that are always there. And then, of course, within the, you know, with our corporate partners and Trepepe Smith, especially just the continuous support and the growth, that is what continues to allow us to offer these events, to offer the trainings, to be able to be in existence and be a an avenue for those within local government.
What 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 does it cost to join MMASC if you're a city staff management analyst fresh from college, you know, making forty something thousand a year? What is the price to join? Um, if you are a uh, full time, uh, a full member, uh, which is uh, someone that is employed by a local government agency, um, right now it is ninety five dollars. Uh, and then if you, uh, we do have for student members, and then as well as for business members, and then of course our honorary members, which are retired. Um, city managers. And then we do have um, a veterans membership. And that is very unique. It's something that we brought to the membership a couple of years ago. And we have seen a lot of success out of that, being able to get our veterans that have served our wonderful nation um, back into the workforce and getting them into local government careers. And this is a great avenue for them. And we're just excited that we're able to offer this. Uh, so first of all, kudos. Thank you for doing that for the vets. Uh, near and dear to my heart too, A. Um, B, uh, my father-in-law, uh, who served as a city manager for 30 years in California, 28 in Rosemead, two in the city of La Puente. Um, he was a vet, came out of Vietnam, and uh, through a government program was kind of slotted into the local government world as part of the back to work uh, programs that they had. And um, I, you know, served honorably in Vietnam, got injured, came home and uh, continued to serve communities in Southern California through that program. So there's a good history of vets serving in local government. And it's nice to see you all embracing that that history and supporting it. Thank you. It's It's been an honor. So any, uh, I mean, I, I got lots of MMASC highlights that I can think of that I'd love to talk about, probably some of which I really aren't appropriate for me to share on a podcast, but uh, not because of MMASC, but just because of uh, parties that we've thrown. So but having said that, tell me about uh, any of your highlight moments from MMASC or things, things that really kind of encapsulate the glories of MMASC. You know, there's there's so many memories of MMASC, and there's you know you can have the stories, the good, the bad, the ugly, the beautiful. Um, I think one of the biggest things has been is the it's the connections, it's the friendships made, and um, you know throughout this all, it's because of MMASC that I have my my squad, my my core group of friends that I am every day we're in a group message, uh, constantly meeting up. Not because of the pandemic, but so we've you know turned to Zoom and sure. everything else. But you know it's been it's the connections. It really has been the opportunity to connect with like-minded people, to be able to get to know other individuals in other communities and throughout Southern California and even throughout the state of California and the nation. Uh, it's just been one of those that has been, I think. A, a great asset to myself to make me a better person. Uh, you know, I can talk about all of the amazing times of serving on different uh, committees for our various events. I can, which have been very rewarding, but at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's the friends, it's the individuals that you can just be able to call on no matter what. Um, and it's, it's something that is just going to continuously grow. And I just think I'm very blessed to be able to continue to make these connections. So MMA, local government in general faces uh, a, has a really good reality, which is that short of some of the, to be fair, economic competition or economic development competition that may exist um, generally are very collaborative environments, right? Like cities mm -hmm. want to talk to other cities and learn what they're doing, what works, what doesn't. Uh, I think that strikes me as one of the big parts of MMAC is bringing people together to share ideas and learn best practices and learn from each other, particularly to accelerate that learning curve for more junior talent who wants to ascend the ranks into uh, maybe the city manager seat or something along those lines. Um, 
So, but that collaborative nature also means that those connections you make are so important, right? Because when you have friends who are down in Poway and up in Goleta and out in, um, uh, you know, out in uh, the Inland Empire, out in Riverside and whatnot, or out in into Ontario, um, or out to Barstow, like you just get to get different worldviews on what's going on. You hear about their different policies. Uh, that strikes me as a very collaborative environment, which is very people centric. I suppose. And I think that's really why there's this wonderful meshing between those connections you're talking about with MMAC and the nature of the kind of like-minded local government leaders that you encounter within the group. Yes, 1000%. You you learn something new from everyone every day. It may not be here, you know, and an idea that can come from us, you know, as you said, from, let's say the city of Goleta, maybe they have a program within their recreation department that they're being able to implement and it may not work here for us, but it, we can, let's figure out how we can alter that, how we can make it work for us here. There's so many different ideas, so many different programs, so many different areas of opportunity that just by picking up that phone call or sending that email or when we're in person, having those in-person events and connecting with those staff members, those ideas, the bouncing off, the, being able to share those experiences, that's what it's all about and being able to really not reinvent the wheel. I am a true stickler of replicate and duplicate. <laughs> well, to don't don't think don't think harder, you know? It's already there. Someone's already doing it. A you just got to find it, but B make it your own so you're able to replicate it and duplicate it into a sense that's going to work for you and within your local community. Yeah, I you, know, you I think you might have actually been the first person to introduce me to the term R and D, replicate and duplicate, yep. as opposed to my research and development that I would otherwise <laughs> be pointed with. So I appreciate you bringing that up. That's a very good Tanyaism. Thank um, you. So uh, now bringing you know these connections are not done just virtually, and obviously when it's not a pandemic, uh, that's even. Uh, they're even more so the case to be in person. So I guess w what are the normal events you have in a normal year? Uh, and and then it's kind of secondary fall on how have you modified because of the pandemic? So uh, MMASC offers um, four signature events throughout the year. We have our winter forum, which of course is during the wintertime, February, March time. Then we have our Women's Leadership Summit, which is usually in May, and that is co-sponsored with California Women Leading Government. Uh, we actually just concluded this year's uh, this morning, so very excited oh, on that. Thank you. And we have our summer session that is held uh, in July and or August some years. And then we have our annual conference, which is held at the end of October, sometimes or the uh, beginning of November. And so we offer those four signature events for our membership. And then we have regional events. And those are throughout, of course, all of Southern California. We have eight regions within MMASC and our region board members, they put on different events. And so you're able to take advantage of those, whether you, let's say you live in San Diego and you are happen to be up in Santa Barbara um, and there is an event going on up there, you're able to go as a member and be able to pay the member price if there is a price for it. We do have um, all of that going on. But because of the pandemic, um, unfortunately, at the beginning of it all last year, we had to halt everything and uh, we had to cancel our Women's Leadership Summit and our summer session. We were able to um, hold our virtual annual conference. Uh, but 
With it all going on, we were able to, as an executive board, and I kudos to the 2019-2020 executive board and under the leadership of Azimir Guria, that we were able to roll out a webinar series. And that was in collaboration with our corporate partners that uh, throughout the summer, there was uh, 10 weeks of having uh, a weekly webinar. And then we had it come back in the fall. And we were able to offer an additional eight webinars for our members free of cost. And these were everything that you can think of, the nuts and bolts of everything from HR to marketing to uh, you name it. We had everything going on, grant writing and labor laws and how to be your best self and interviews, you know, in the virtual world. Everything was offered and it was such a success that we saw in that, that uh, we were able to roll it over into this year. And we've continued to have those webinar series. And in addition, our our regions have been able to have uh, host regional uh, events um, on Zoom. And it's been wonderful because no matter where you are, we've had people that have logged in from other states for these um, events. So you know, it's not thinking harder, it's thinking smarter, replicate and duplicate. We're just looking at what other areas are doing, you know, what our sister organization, uh, MMANC, what they were doing, uh, looking at what ICMA was doing, what the League of California Cities was doing. And we started to curate and be able to make it to what we can provide our members. And we haven't looked back. I am very honored to be able to say, and very pleased to say actually, that we have been able to continue the success of offering virtual programming. And no matter what week it has been throughout this entire 2021, you have had an opportunity to have some kind of uh, programming element or a training element. And it has been phenomenal. So what, uh, I, first of all, I would just, I want to just pause for a moment and just say thank you because um, thank you to you and the MMASC board. I would say MMASC, and as you mentioned, your kind of sister organization to the North MMANC have been two of the most effective local government organizations for really flexing their benefits during the pandemic, particularly for corporate partners who were involved, to really adjust to that reality and come up with something different. And the webinar series was really informational. I learned a ton from some of the other webinars that, that occurred uh, that were put on by other entities and organizations. And um, but that ability to adapt during the pandemic, I think, was really where you separated the uh, the winners and the losers, so to speak, was just their sheer capacity to make an adaptation happen quickly. Um, so bravo to you. to you all for being flexible on that front. What Thank now, you. of course, the pandemic is winding down. So what does that look like for plans in 2021 anyways, for any any plans to go in person with any events at all? Or what, what can we expect? And I think this has been a big question, I'd just say, among <laughs> a lot of folks, both on the city side and in the private sector side about hey, when are we going to get back out there and do something? And what does that look like? And I know there's there's challenges to that unwinding, right? It's not just like even though Governor Newsom declares 615, you know, is is the new Liberty Day. Uh, <laughs> it's not quite that simple. So what, what's what's the thought going on at the um, MMASC? Um, in all honesty, we are continuing uh, with uh, virtual programming until we can be able to have clear guidance as to what the state guidelines are going to be when it comes to um, 
large gatherings in the essence of conferences and trainings and everything. Uh, yes, uh, the governor has announced, you know, the whole idea of these guidelines for mega events. Uh, but unfortunately, within that, nothing is there for yet quite yet for trainings uh, for conferences, especially when it comes to multi-day conferences and trainings. The convention centers are not open for uh, that quite yet. But yes, Liberty Day is coming uh, June 15th. Uh, we're all anticipating it. We're all excited. We're all itching for it. So the executive board is going to be reassessing everything come July 1, um, to just as uh, we are able to see what has changed, what the direction is going to be, what the guidelines are going to be. Uh, but we are moving forward of having a virtual annual conference this year. There are a lot of uh, factors that went into it. It is uh, not what we all want. We all want to be in person, and I hope that everyone can understand that. But as a membership organization, as a volunteer organization of our, our leadership, to be able to put on an in-person event under the guidelines that currently exist and not the unknown of what is going to come about. It was not something that we wanted to put our membership through um, as it could completely increase costs for members um, or attendees to be able to be there. And so as we, as everything gets ironed out, we're going to continue to look at everything and hopefully be able to be back in person for our regional events. Yeah. So uh, I would just say as somebody who is perhaps one of the biggest fans of the MMASC <laughs> annual conference, yeah. Uh, uh, I, I, I have accepted this reality and if I can accept it, then everybody should be able to accept it. And <laughs> Thank I, you, I know, I understand the difficult situation that you all are in as leaders of this organization, particularly without some of those guidelines. Um, and you're not alone in that, frankly, like mm -hmm. MMA and C had recently declared that they're going to go virtual for theirs. Uh, the California joint powers insurance authority has already declared that they're going to do their, uh, fall conference, um, virtually. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, this is, I think partly what's happening here too, is there's a lot of cities that are just unclear about employee travel and what those guidelines look like yes. as well. So I, even, even if you were to kind of say, rip the masks off and say, let's get it on, right? Everybody's vaccinated. Let's go, let's party. Um, let's, let's confer. Uh, the reality is that there may be a lot of agencies that are simply like, we'd love to send people, but our policies don't allow us to do that right now, either because of risk mitigation requirements or lack of clarity or any number of other factors that could have really um, impinged on that, which somewhat just tells me that we're probably not going to see uh, all a total return to normalcy of the regular scheduling of programs um, until uh, probably January of 2022. Um, yes. Which, you know, I think it's surprising for a lot of people to hear that, but it's just what I, from all the conferences and all the associations we're involved with, that's kind of what I see evolving. Yes. And, and it's, it's hard. It's very hard. Uh, I think, you know, we all look at each other. The announcement of one of the organizations uh, was made on Tuesday that they're doing an in-person, their in-person conference in November. Um, and another conference has said that they're doing it in Northern California in um, September, you know, so you start to hear these and you're like, Hmm. But the question does become is what is the, what are, what is the agency's going to do? Are cities going to allow employees? Are counties going to allow employees to go? Are companies going to be able to do it? A lot of us are, a lot of organizations throughout Southern California, you know, the COVID-19 uh, hit hard um, financially, economically for these communities and budgets have been constrained. You know, it's everyone's 
buckled up and it's a little bit tighter. And so that is another element that comes from it for some of these that, you know, that could be another factor. And so in order for us to all be able to, hey, let's just, as hard as it is, let's just continue, you know, with the virtual for these and make a bigger and better and prouder come 2022. All right. Yeah. Totally hear you. So uh, let, let's just kind of put a bow on the MMASC discussion to some extent. But um, it, like if you had your dream scenario, what's the ideal role for MMASC to play in the careers of your members? Like what is that? What is that? What's perfection look like there? Um, ideally, or for me personally, I think it would be it's one of those the reason why they were able to get the promotion, the reason why they were able to um leave an agency and be able to become a city manager, Uh, you know, having that opportunity is because of MMASC. You always have that why or that motivation of who was able to do that for you. And that is what it really is for me is to be able to say that, yeah, it was because of MMASC that I was able to do this. Um, But the reality really true comes down to is it's you know, you, we can't push anyone and to be able to get involved. We can't push everyone to say that you have to be attending. Uh, we're here for everyone. It's at your own pace. If you want to just attend regional events, please attend a regional event. Right. If you want to serve on a committee for one of our signature events, please, we would welcome that. You want to step up and serve on the board of directors or the executive board and be the president or the director of communications secretary or, you know, the director of programming, please do it. But everyone has a different focus in life. Everyone has a different track. Not everyone wants to go within the management realm and others do it just to be out there for the connections and the networking. And hey, some people do it for the sponsor dinners that Tripperby Smith hosts, you know, I just <laughs> throw right. it out there. <laughs> if for no other reason than joining MASC, come to the parties. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you know, we, it's, it's, we're all about, uh, you know, we're, we're about having fun, but it's also, we're here as a professional organization. Yeah. And so it's, it's something to, it's something for everyone. Yeah. I would, uh, I mean, I, we are, I'm joking here, obviously, but if I joke too much about parties, I apologize because it makes it, but you know, everybody, when I go to these conferences, everybody's super like got their act together, very professional. Everybody's well-dressed, which I deeply respect. Uh, we'll see how we all survive out of pandemic. If, if all your MMASC members are showing up dressed to the nines as they usually do at conferences, but we'll see. Um, maybe we'll have to have like a, a sweatsuit party as part of the, uh, as part of the next annual conference. Anywho, oh, um, man. Uh, but having said that, like, uh, my observation would be is the conferences, you just see a lot of people from all over the region get together, meet friends, create some good memories together. Um, but I think what ha- ends up happening there, right, is, is you create some really strong connections that facilitate interagency collaboration and cooperation, which to me seems super important in local government. And we talked about a little bit earlier on, but could you maybe talk a little bit about that too? Like if you're thinking about your career growth, how do those building all those relationships with people from disparate agencies, how do you see that playing out both in terms of adding value in your own organization um, as well as uh, what it means for your kind of career growth opportunities? Um, you know, the the collaboration has been key and we've seen that um, throughout this pandemic. It's something that I think that we have all learned to embrace and to work harder and work um together on. It's it's something that is unique in that regard. 
you look at what other communities are doing in other states, and it's not like what it is here. I've, I've talked to friends, I've talked to family members in other states, and it's kind of like it's that soul, your city is doing what they're doing. It's not, well, you know, hey, the next city over and this is what we're doing. It The collaboration has been very essential. And especially here as uh, Southern California, I mean, we're a tourist state. We are all about tourism. And being the hardest hit during this pandemic in that regard of that industry, you know, you start to figure out what you can do and to be able to support each other. Mm-hmm. And I think that that has been the best thing out of it all. But even pre-pandemic, it was all about that collaboration and being able to see what you can offer. Um, you know, the, I use, I look at Ontario for an example, Ontario and Ranch Cucamonga. We have the Greater Ontario Convention and Visitors Bureau. And they, they literally bring groups to this area and they, whether it's going to be at the convention center, it's going to be within the hotels, they're, they create a, an opportunity for both the Rancho Cucamonga and Ontario to benefit from those groups coming here between the hotels, the restaurants, the shopping, the entertainment, you name it, it's there. And that's the collaboration. And that was the, the CVB was created because of both cities coming together to create that entity for that. And yes, that is for the tourism aspect, but being able to have that, it's been, you've, you're constantly being able to see so much growth out of it. And that creates that opportunity that goes back to, you know, enhance the quality of life for not just your residents, but as well as your businesses and your visitors. Everything continues to add to each other. You go to other cities and other counties, or even here within San Bernardino County, you're constantly seeing this collaboration with communities. And it just continues to be a greater good in that regard. You're able to see that one city may have all of the amenities and the nightlife and the other city is providing the residential. You know, that's how you're being able to collaborate with each other. You're being able to feed off of each other. You're being able to provide the necessities for that quality of life for everyone, no matter what it is. Uh, Well, and I would just observe Ontario in particular has some real uh, bona fides on the regionalism, uh, just sure, given their airport responsibilities, right, or the connection to the airport that you have there in Ontario and its impact yes. on the entire Inland empire as a key asset for uh, economic development and just sheer convenience and putting the areas on the map. Um, so Ontario has really been a, a critical leader in the region on helping make those things happen. Yes. Yes, it it's been it's a it's a huge economic engine and it's a huge uh, attraction here. And uh, you know, it's I think what the the greatest thing about it is uh, when I when I joined uh, the city of Ontario as part of that said Ontario Free campaign, and um, you know, to see how how many cities and agencies and organizations came together for the letters and the the everything that was involved with it to be able to petition to get local control back. It was absolutely amazing. And that was one of the best examples I can see and use as that collaboration effort, being able to have representation from San Diego County, Riverside County, Orange County, San Bernardino County, Orange County, LA County. You know, you had that opportunity. There was so much strength, so much partnership. And yes, just like you said, Ryder, people are still talking about it. It is, it truly has become that a a great example of what a regional collaboration effort can do. Yeah. And it's a nice little airport too. 
<laughs> yes, it is. Very convenient. Very much <laughs> more convenient than some of the giant ones that are out there, to say the least. Um, all right. So, Tanya, you got anything else? Otherwise, I have a, a gotcha question I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit you up Uh-oh. with. Oh, you know, um, I did want to go back in regards to a couple of the um, other events and stuff that we've done is to alter um, throughout this pandemic. Sure. Uh, we, we, did uh, kind of go off of everything and we were able to create a monthly uh, coffee and conversations as mm-hmm. an outlet. Um, very informal. You just log in and you have coffee with everyone, casual conversation and being able to uh, put these on, you know, it's our corporate partners that were able to allow us to do this. And so we've been able to offer those as well as, you know, here and there within our regions of uh, networking mixers in the evening times, whether it's having a mixologist sign on and teach us how to make some, you know, beverages, some that could be adult beverages, some that most of them that, you know, are not, uh, that are, you know, beverages for like a Arnold Palmer or something of that sort. But we've been able to really think outside of that box and our region board members have done a phenomenal job in being able to do that and having that opportunity, being able to expand our knowledge within this technology world, whoever thought that we, we all hated technology and now you have to thrive and live for technology. It's been one of those that we've been very blessed to be able to explore. And I always say, if anybody has any other ideas for a, uh, you know, an event or any uh, virtual opportunity, let me know. Awesome. I'm glad you welcome that feedback. <laughs> I'm looking forward to uh, getting back socially with my fellow MMASC uh, enthusiasts and having some fun. I miss I miss being proximate physically in a space with everyone and engaging, but that might just be my extrovert personality. We'll see. No, hey, we all do. We all do. So, Tanya, I want to know, who's your favorite past president? Oh, you know... <laughs> I am going to say no comment. (laughs) (laughs) I will be dead if I put one name out. So, you know, I will say, though, is that it had it not been for the leadership over the last the I can't even say within my time, but since the beginning, it is the presidents that have gotten us through. I mean, yes, you say that it is a president that has, that takes the reins and is in the leadership role. It's not the president. It's everyone by their side. You've got the executive board members, you've got six other uh, executive board members, and then you have your board of directors. Those are the individuals that have continuously led this organization to what it has become, the premier local government association within Southern California. And I cannot say that I have a favorite president, um, but I will say thank you to all of our past leadership for continuously taking us through the reins, uh, through everything that we've gone through, the ups, the downs, and um, I am honored to be able to join the legacy with them. So what I hear you saying is Peter Castro. <laughs> Peter is a good friend, and I he has he was a phenomenal president. He had he had an excellent band at his uh, presidential reception. I just want to say that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> all right, Tanya. Um, this has been a great, great conversation. Great to catch up with you. Thank you for all the great work you do. Uh, Thank you. I appreciate you. Absolutely. And for the city of Ontario, a phenomenal city that, um, you know, I just love, love seeing it succeed and be a regional influencer out there in the, in the inland empire. And that is today's report. My thanks to Tanya for joining us from Thank the you. whole public CEO team and myself, writer Todd Smith. Thank you for your time. 
We hope you learned something new and inspiring that'll help you in your public service. Remember, Public CEO has a daily newsletter that is free to those who sign up at publicceo.com. If you have feedback, questions, or guest suggestions for Public CEO Report, please email alex at publicceo.com.